Booker's cough throat. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. I just hit the pin, so maybe that's what it is, right? See, hey, that's what it is. <laughs> I think it might be. I um, I so I started no 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 smoke November with uh with Christina because I thought it was like mm -hmm. a great idea, and so I haven't bought any buds. I don't have any, which is the first time in like seven years. And um, I found this little pin uh, a couple days ago, and so it's like, <laughs> I, I, so like I only made it like eight or nine days. Um, but I, I, I gotta be honest, like I've been so energetic and so productive and so focused. And, um, I kind of hate to admit it because I love smoking pot and I'm like, that's not why that's not why, but like fucking like, that's why. Like, so it's, it's interesting. But, um, Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Marshall Dillon show. We are here today with Jasmine Lalani, uh, which is her first name, which I just learned is like, um, like Mary Ann, but for what ethnic, whatever ethnicity you are, are you Hawaiian or or what 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 are you? I'm What's your Pacific Islander. My Pacific mom. Islander. Is, no offense, don't yes. know the term. Okay, Pacific uh, Islander. My mom is Filipino and yes. my dad is Guamanian, so he's from Guam. No way, that's yeah. rad. How, wait, are they? Did they come here or, or were they born here? They are from here. They're first generation yeah. Americans, no so I'm second kidding. gen. Oh yeah. man, I bet the I bet the cultural I bet the cultural background that you guys have within your family is just like so rich and full still. Oh yes, totally. I grew up really enriched in my Filipino culture and my uh, Chamorro culture because the language is called Chamorro, and so the people really from the island are called Chamorro. So um, I have a lot of pride in being Islander, and it really sure. like raised me to be like this woman who I am now. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, I, I want to get into that obviously today. But one of the things I'm curious about is. Um, not curious about my uncle is married to uh, a Filipino woman. My aunt is Filipino. And um, I'm telling you when we have holidays, like she with the community they live in, there's a lot of Filipinos that live in that area. And it's just like the I'm Mexican. Okay. So Mexicans, <laughs> we know how to get down, but I'm like, when I party with Filipino people, the food is the best. The atmosphere is so much fun. Um, I always think it's really, really cool, but I've never left uh, America. So, Oh, that's not true. I guess I've been to Asia before. Anyways, uh, thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, what's it like down there where you're at? Is it snowing like crazy? Oh yeah, we've got it blowing. It's, yeah. it's so. For those of you guys who don't know, uh, we literally live. Uh, so not husband, but you and Brian and your son Bo, who's the cutest kid of all time. Uh, they live mm -hmm. just literally not far from where I'm at here in Montana. Um, but you guys just came from where? San Diego. Well, yeah, yeah. I am from San Diego. Okay. But oh, really? I met, yes, and I actually moved to Temecula where I met my son's dad. And so we had our baby in Temecula. We really like started our lives there. But last year, actually, almost like exactly a year ago, I decided, you know what, this life that I'm living, you know, my awakening really uh, got stronger. And I started to really understand, whoa, I guess I'm not like most, you know, and I have to go and I have to spread my wings. And so um, the universe brought me here and I would not. Oh, my gosh. It's so wild because I would have never. I mean, I, I kind of knew I would love to visit Montana, maybe yeah. see it one day or maybe even live there as an older person. Right. But when I went, it was just like, oh, my God, I have to stay. You know. So let me ask you about this because I mean, obviously, my audience knows. I mean, I was in California and San Diego for the last twelve years, California for thirteen. And I, what I'm hearing from you, and I know a lot of people that are listening, are 
are from Southern California. And so it's interesting because it's same thing for me. Like I was never leaving Southern California. For me, <laughs> I mean, it fit all the way. I love the progressiveness. People are always like, what's it like in San Diego? I'm like, it's awesome because people don't care what you do. You can be whoever you are and everybody still loves you and accepts you and minds your own business. But uh, right or wrong, good or bad to each their own, uh, people can think and believe whatever they want. And that's why I think it's so great about this country. But I realized last year after my spiritual awakening, um, which I didn't ask for and which was the universe just was like, all right, bro, it's time. Like no more hiding. But let me ask you for this. You know, for me, I, it's like you said, I kind of started to take a look around and I, I didn't, I wasn't really judging, but I started to be like, wait a second, maybe I don't really fit in here as much as I thought I did. So did you go through any of that specifically, or was there like a, a paradigm shift or a moment you remember when you were like, okay, it might be time to leave Southern California? Yes. And so, so your audience doesn't know my story, but um, really my spiritual awakening started in 2015, but wow. it didn't really start to get really amp up until 2018. So 2015, I had my son and I was one of those females who would work, you know, till midnight and eat McDonald's dinner, right. you know, like I was not an awakened person before I got pregnant. And then when I got pregnant, I ended up um, having a home birth, you wow. know, like so hippie. But um, I just felt the calling to do it. I just felt there's manipulation within, you know, the the doctor. That's what I first became awakened about is this manipulation within uh, big pharma, you know. And so I guess that's when my intuition just kicked in and I decide, decided to have a home birth. But, you know, I didn't become super. Sorry to interrupt. Let me just ask you quick before we go to the, to, the, to the awakening, back to the birth and the intuition, because the last few podcasts I've had, that's literally what it keeps coming back to. So what, can you just explain to the audience a little bit, like um, what, what was that intuition or what, what kicked into your mind about like, wait a second, maybe the food and the medicine that I've been taught so long is supposed to help me. Like, what was that moment when you were like, whoa, like what, what does, was it the doctor do something? Did they tell you something? So for me personally, it was just a really strong inner knowing. And that's how I kind of knew where I was a little bit different because everyone has intuition. Everyone has that inner knowing. Yeah. But most of the time we let logic, we let right. uh, outside of us or our friends and family, external resources kind of uh, take over and dominate what you're actually going to do. And so oh, for bad. me, I just had a feeling, you know, it was just feelings, but there were so strong. What made you trust it for the first time? It's just that taking that leap of faith, you know, yeah, and that was a huge one. Oh you my know, God. To have so now birth. here you are, you have the birth and, and what's the first part of the spiritual awakening? So is it after Bo is born or? So it was during when Bo was born because I just saw an article, home birth or hospital. And I just knew, oh my God, home. But I didn't even put into my mind like, okay, that means it's going to hurt. That means you have no drugs, but my, my intuition, that's where it was so strong in my heart. Right. And, you know, just this voice in my head, which I knew it was me, but it was like a grander voice of yeah. me, you know, yeah. and it was saying to me, you know, you got to have this home birth. You got to have this experience, this natural organic experience. And you know what, if any woman is watching this right now, um, I would say that was the most empowering experience wow. of my life wow. because one like, uh, you know what they say, how painful birth is. It's the most painful oh. experience you can 
uh, experience in life as a man or woman, you know, human being, that's one of the most besides dying, like actually dying. And so by going through that strong pain, there is also this empowerment in between those contractions, those moments of uh, ease and grace where it's almost like you're on ecstasy. You know, wow. when I met my partner, we were rolling, you know, at the time going to rave. So I know what ecstasy feels like. And that's literally what it was. It's like ecstasy for two seconds. And then then this strong strength, you know, coming yeah. through. But that's really part of it. So how old are you in 2015? I was 21. And how old's Brian at that time? 21. We're only 10 days apart. Oh, no way. Yeah. The universe is so cool. I love Earth. It's such a neat place. <laughs> I love Earth. So what were you doing? So you said, so you were just saying, um, you know, I was. So I the was, reason why. Like what you were know, you doing for work before Bo? For work. Um, yeah. yeah, I was a kindergarten aide. I worked with kids in the day. And at night, I was a cocktail waitress. Right. But I was a cocktail waitress working at a place where, I mean, you were taking tequila shots in the back, you know, hanging out, which was fun, but, um, you know, it wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And the point that I bring up, you know, with this, uh, this spiritual awakening in 2015, you know, I didn't really become super hippie and know about chakras and all that stuff. I really started to step into like my masculine side and, Mm -hmm. um, I started to really see because I because I wanted to fit in so bad, even after my spiritual awakening. And that's when I got into modeling, doing music videos, like photographer modeling, um, magazines, things like that. And L.A. was so close. You know, I had so much opportunity. I was a dancer and I um, I actually did bodybuilding and I did I was a professional athlete in 2018. And I actually uh, performed or went on stage for Natural Olympia. And wow. I placed, yes, I placed sixth in the world and fourth. Oh my in the God, you're kidding me. Was that your first contest? It was my fourth, but it was my first year. So my no first year way. competing, I went to Natural Olympia and placed. That's wild. Were you doing like NPC events before that in California or something? It was um, INBA, which is okay. Natural Bodybuilding League. Okay. And so, you know, I just did so much within just a few years of dabbling into this these industries that I yeah. thought I could fit in. Yeah. But even going to Olympia, doing music videos and modeling and things like that, my heart wasn't it's fulfilled. Good. I just I, felt yeah. like- So that's what we know? gotta talk about first. I wanna get into 2015 and beyond, obviously, but that's that's the interesting part. So before 2015, I mean, how, what, was your, what was your upbringing like? I mean, like what was life like for little Jasmine until she was 21? Like what was that, what's your background? So I would say it would start for me, my story would have start when my parents had me very, very young. And I lived in literally like a meth town uh, called Barstow, California. Oh, Barstow, I know Barstow. Mad <laughs> Modesto are like meth city, meth capital. Yeah. So I grew up, I mean, I grew up with my dad and his three brothers. And I grew up really like lower middle class uh African culture, you know, hip hop. I knew what racial profiling was at the age of five, you know, and so I kind of lived on that spectrum of, and that's why I came as an indigenous woman, as a brown woman is to really experience that full spectrum. So, you know, my dad, I I grew up with uncles, my dad incarcerated my whole life, Um, not having really, I never had my parents together. It was a very rough childhood. And I remember as a little girl, 
even thinking, you know, because I kind of knew it was weird how I just knew my soul as a little girl. I was just like, I am such a good soul. Why am I having such a horrible life here, you know, as a little girl? And yeah. so all I wanted was to have my parents together. I thought that would make things right, you know, but I just realized as I got older um, and I went through my awakening really was when I started to realize you have to go through that full spectrum to see the strength and that rediscovery of who we truly are. Wow. And so I'm kind of on that path right now of finding really, truly who I am. I, I love that. I mean, so how many siblings, is there siblings that you have? So um, I am an only child, but okay. then when I had my son, my mom had a kid too. So no I had, yeah, so she kind of started that's over. That, yeah, she, cool yeah, she's yeah. a young mom. She's cool. She's hot, you know, so that's she's got funny. two kids. Let me ask you, what was that like? What was that like then? I mean, now as a woman and as a mother, looking back, I mean, what what was that life like for your mom? Did, I mean, living in that area, being separated with your dad, incarcerated. I'm sure she was trying her best, but like thinking back and knowing what you know now, like what do you think it was like for that young woman to go through that during that period of time? Oh, it was a lot. And yeah. my mom still remains an unawakened woman. And so again, that's just totally part of what what I chose, you know, I chose a family that never really accepted, or they're starting to see and accept who I am. But since 2015, even my home birth, um, I was always getting criticized about why would you do this? You know, all of these things could go wrong and things like that. And so for my mother, she, um, she had a lot of wounds, you know, who's still dealing with a lot of wounds, but I don't blame her. But now who I am and understanding, becoming aware of my experiences, I can see now I needed to go through that full spectrum right. of having really tough times to pulling myself to this other side. Yeah. You know? well, that's so, it's so interesting. I th I, that to me, is like, especially as you mentioned the modeling, which I didn't know, but it's like, I, I kind of can relate because it's the same thing I went through with my speaking brand. It's like, I, I grew this big speaking brand started to be global, started to make a lot of money, started to help a lot of people. And I don't know if it was like the same moment you had, but all of a sudden I'm standing in the whirlwind of what I had built and everything that was supposed to make me happy and grand because I just wanted to be accepted and loved. And I was like, wait a second, like this doesn't speak to my heart. What the fuck does that even mean? Right? So it's like, <laughs> do you think that like as a little girl or whatever, growing up in a city, not whatever, as a little girl, do you think that, you know, seeing how life was that maybe that's the same thing you were searching for? Like as you did, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with modeling. I don't want anybody to listen to think that, but I'm saying like, Absolutely. you think that's what drive drove you to do that is like looking for a place to belong or acceptance. Right. Or yes. You know, even that, um, kind of, uh, what's it called? Not having the equation of a father, you know, then those yeah. daddy wounds come up, the daddy yeah. issues, and then trying to be more feminine or put yourself more out there, right. you know, that so that's sense. what it was. That makes sense. That makes total sense. So now here you are in 2015. How did you and Brian meet? We met actually in Vegas. We found out that we both lived in Temecula. But oh, uh, cool. <laughs> we met actually through friends and we went to a rave. And then it just was history from there. And then we started going to forests, hanging out, doing shrooms. And then that's how it all happened. <laughs> I, keep, I keep having people on the show that I have – guy yesterday just did DMT. We were talking about mushrooms and shit that day before. Yeah. Uh, my people are – my people are um, – my people. I dig that. So let me ask you this. So now here we are in 2015. You have Bo at home. You, you fully are you, – you, sounds like you're saying you fully are like, okay, I understand I have this intuition inside me. 
and I'm ready to follow it for the first time. So now Bo is born. You're at home as a mother. What is the next step? I mean, did you stop? Did you get right into modeling or did you leave all that behind? Or what was the transition then after Bo was born and you and Brian are together? Like, did you guys have a powwow and like, we need to change some things or like, what was that next evolution? Well, Brian, he is such a great rock, honestly. Like, I bad. feel I love that guy. Yeah, since 2014, he's literally seen me just like metamorphosize into all of these different things. Can you imagine from 2014 to 2020? I mean, the modeling, the dancing, the professional athlete to now the healing, the retreats, yeah. and all of these things. So um, he's he just lets me be me. And so it's just That's been cool. really just allowing me to just rediscover who I am. I'm all about trial and error, but -hmm. apparently my trials become huge success, but it's because I work my ass off. And if I see it, I just do it. That's like that masculine in me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because it's like, that's what I got from your content. Why, why I'm, I'm drawn to you as a, as an, as a person, but it's like, um, it's because I relate to it in a way that I can see this very masculine uh, woman who, and I don't mean like math, like, oh, like, you know, but that's oh, I, yeah. I know, right? I can feel it in your content. You're talking about money and you're talking about wealth and I meet you and it's like, it's the same thing. But on the other side though, it's like, okay, so you're, you're, you're talking all this, I don't want to say tough talk, but like you're being, you know, but then on the other side, you're like, oh, I see it and I believe it. And I leave from my heart and like, let's have the cow ceremonies. And I'm not <laughs> mocking you, but what I'm saying is like, I that's my volume too. It's like, yeah, like I, I, you know, I have guns, but also I'm like, you know, let's all sit around with our crystals and charge them in the full moon, you know? And I think it's such an interesting time right now. And so it's for you, where did you, when did you arrive at this part of the entrepreneurship? You said 2018 was a big shift. So for those of you guys who don't, well, just tell people a little bit about what you do, um, like what your background is in business right now. And then I want to talk about how you got from 2015 to this awakening 2018. So everything is always evolving and always changing. And as you can see, like even my uh, talents, you know, and so with business, it was actually started for me in 2018. I really discovered within me that I'm a true healer and energetically like energy healing. And so above and first and foremost, before everything, I own Violet Flame Quantum Healing. And so I help people um, through spiritual coaching and I have a few clients right now, but I'm really not focused on that too much because I have a lot going on. So I'm not having any clients anymore. It's closed, but I also, I'm just saying that I've done the spiritual coaching. I'm still doing it for some, um, but I'm also doing energy healing work where right now I focus on teaching students what is Reiki, attuning them with Reiki and allowing them to do Reiki for themselves, Reiki for others. I love teaching. I don't really, um, I love helping healing people, but as a healer, you're a facilitator for people's healing. So energy healing is really complementary to what truly source is telling you, what do you see the blocks in? And Marshall, that's why people love us is because we have that balance of masculine and feminine. Yeah. You know, we're able to stay in balance because when you're in balance, you'll be able to be receptive, be consciously aware to what, you know, the higher self is um, saying to you. I couldn't agree more. Uh, but, and thank you for saying that. But it's interesting you say that because for me, I always feel like my masculinity is always masked or hidden. And it's like, I, I, I know that a lot of guys will show up like more in their wounded masculine 
you right. know, than big African feminists, they're feminists. But for me, I'm like, I, I'm always such a crybaby and I'm always so emotional <laughs> and I can literally look at anything and I could start crying. And so it's like, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, to hear you say that, I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't, I feel like people don't ever see me in my masculine. And I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. But let me ask you about the energy work real quick. But that's inspir that's inspiring for men. I can see when, especially because all men, every, all women, everyone has imbalance of masculine and feminine. And the whole point is to rebalance that. And so it, for you to see you cry, I've seen like a, a video or a live of you cry. And I can literally feel when men see that, it's, it's inspiring because... Yeah most men may not have seen that or have even accepted it. And you're able to normalize these things of feminine I, and masculine. I, I really appreciate that. It makes me wonder though, is like, why does my ego so bad want to be the guy with like the boots and the freaking Carhartt pants and like the flannels and be able to fix cars. And like, I see this, like this Montana thing or the guys I'll follow online. And it's like my soul or my ego is like, I want to be more like that. But then the end of the avatar comes on and I'm, I'm crying over a freaking <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on here? Um, but you're right. I think that that's kind of the point where I'm at is this evolution of my soul to this, you know, third dimensional from third dimensional to this fourth dimensional being. Um, I'm convinced that I came back from 5D to 3D, which I'm sure that you're probably, you're probably the same thing. Like we chose to come back here to be healers. But before we get too carried away on some of the viewers, because I have a lot of guys that listen to this too that are like manly men. And so when somebody like that and a man, and I know a lot of women will connect with this already because that's my audience. But for the men that hear this and they hear you say, oh, energy healing to a lot of people, and not just men, but women too, like what does that actually mean to you? I mean, you're an energy healer. You're Reiki. Uh, are you level three? I'm sure you're all the way. Master, Reiki master, teacher. Yeah. Yes. I'm uh, level two. I haven't done my level three yet and I haven't been practicing. So I need that. Maybe I need to get back into that. But what does that mean? Like, how do you, how can you, what, how do you tell the everyday person who doesn't know anything about energy or healing and doesn't want to admit that there's something wrong with them? Like, how do you break that down so people can understand or start to get a grasp on how they can start to take control of their own energy? So that's a really, really great question. And you know what? This this text is bothering me. Yeah. So if you mind just like pausing for a second so I can um, sure. turn this off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we don't pause, we can't pause, but it's okay. Turn it off. Yeah. You're good. This is real life. <laughs> it's just that the iMessage comes through and then for sure. It, uh, yeah. I'll mute you for a second. Unless you're good. You tell me when you're good to go. Uh, and it's interesting, Gillian Gang, because you guys know that I talk about energy all the time. And so I don't know where you guys are coming from. But if you're anything like I am, and it sounds like Jasmine used to be, this is very confusing to me. Because I remember telling uh, my ex-girlfriend back in the day, you guys, that, that I feel like when people walk into a room, that I can feel their energy. And you know, she would kind of mock me a little bit and kind of be like, oh, like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I, I can't, I, Shannon, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the deal is, but um, I'm sharing a little story with these guys real quick, Jasmine, and maybe you can share this, but I was like, you know, I, I would feel these people and I would know that whatever they're saying, sometimes, most of the time, what people are saying wasn't true. And I, I can't really tell how, how it was that I knew that. It was just this feeling. So I used to tell my ex-girlfriend, I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something with energy. I feel like I'm supposed to be helping people overcome this, this knowledge and this energy. And um, forever, I just didn't understand it. And so that's one of the reasons I want to ask that question is because if anybody is where I was at in 2018, 
it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, like there was this intuitive feeling like you having the home birth or awakening where I was just like, I can see through people's bullshit. And it was like really scary. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to unpack it. I didn't even know what unpacking meant at the time. And so that's kind of where that question comes from. If somebody's like I was in 2018 and they're starting to really be like, whoa, I can feel people. And then they tell mm -hmm. themselves, because people are like, no, you can't, you're crazy. Like, where does yeah. that come from? And how can we start to, how can the everyday person start to move towards this evolution? So that's really great. And so I really like to share with people some information because a lot of people just aren't aware of what energy is because energy is just so broad. It's everything around us, right. you know? And so I wanted to start off by telling that every person has seven primary systems, energetic systems. And so most people know them as chakras or chakras. So every human being has seven primary chakras. And so what I do is Reiki, which is energy healing. And as an energy healer, uh, there is energy, life force energy that comes through the healer's hands. And the healer has to be attuned with this type of energy to be able to facilitate. And so what this healer does is through the, the reception, through their higher self, be able to feel the imbalances within these people's chakras. And you can also use a pendulum. Have you heard oh, of a pendulum? Yeah, I have a pendulum. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually, Marshall. They're wild. They're yeah. wild. If you just throw your pendulum right in front of you, you can measure your chakras and see how open they are. Yeah. And so the whole point of energy healing is to open and balance all seven chakras, all energetic fields. And these energetic fields are like spirals. And so now we have to kind of get the human consciousness, mass consciousness, everyone to understand these basic principles of energy. Because as we awaken, it's really important to be aware of our own energy. And how we're aware of our own energy is to be aware of the balance or imbalances between the seven. It goes beyond, and I go beyond right. with advanced teachings, but for the average human, it's very important to understand man or woman, masculine or feminine, it's very important to have a balance of your energy. Right. And so yeah. it's really through uh, chakra systems. Yeah. And that's interesting. For some people, uh, chakras, if that's not, you're not comfortable with that term, uh, energy centers is something I, I know that we refer to them as as well. And um, I, for me, Jasmine, the one thing that finally got me over the hump after my mushroom trip in 2019, the first one ever that changed my life, um, was I, I'm the kind of guy, and I'm sure you're probably like this too, but I'm the kind of guy that's like, I got to know how it works. Like, I get I get what you're talking about, but somebody's got to tell me, how does this work? And so it's like, I, I know I talk about it a lot, but it's like just the basic understanding of what quantum physics is. Um, what quantum physics is and understanding that we live in an energetic universe. Like every single thing like to my listeners, every single thing in this universe is energy. There's it's even the space that you can't see is an energy that it, it, it is something that actually exists. And so when I started to realize that, that we're all just 50 to 70 trillion cells that aren't even touching each other, that's kind of conglomerating around each other. I was like, wait a second, kind of everything really is energy. And all of a sudden for me, it was that shift from like, kind of like that, kind of like a bro, kind of like a meathead athlete, blue collar guy to go, I'm like, wait a second, what are these chakra things? And uh, ended up getting into to stones and stuff. And so for somebody that wants to, well, I'll ask that in a second, but it's interesting because one of the things I want to, uh, that everybody wants to know more of is money, right? 
And especially in this Western culture that we live in, it's such a, it's such a causer of stress and anger and frustration and overwhelm by and large for most of society. But then you look at people like you and Brooke, uh, which ho hopefully we'll get her on the show very soon. Um, you know, you guys make making money fun and you make it simple and abundant. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to ask this specifically and kind of get into this point is, you know, how can people, how was your, what would your message be to, to really get people to step up, to take care of their energy? Because I know that 99% of the world thinks that making money and taking care of your chakras are two, <laughs> separate, two separate things, but they're, they're not separate at all. Can you just explain a little bit about how currency or current works? Yes, definitely. And I think it all just um, begins with understanding that everything is mastering your energy and your relationship with money. So first, if people can understand what's mastering your energy, well, let's think of it of your relationship with money. How do you view money? And even though it's so broad, you have to be very specific with yourself. You know, and for me, if I got a, you know, a lump sum of money, I would be the type of person to just hoard it. Like, don't do anything, don't touch it, save it for a rainy day. That was my relationship. Why do you think that is? Why do, why do you think you became that, that person? Because I came from a lower middle class where I was just always in a lack and scarcity mindset right. and reality, my ancestral reality, my karmic family, you know, mom, dad, cousins, uncles, my grandpas, um, they, they've always taught me, you know, just get the cheapest ketchup. If it's $3 yeah. or 30 cents, always the 30 cents. Yeah. You know, that's well, how it well, let me ask you this. And the reason I brought that up specifically is because I grew up the same way, except my experience of money, which even making money still like my, my relationship with money right now in this moment is not, not even close to what it should be. And I'm well aware of that. And so the thing of it is, it's interesting to hear you say that because my experience was, well, and again, not consciously Gillen gang, but like subconsciously, I just, I had to get rid of it as fast as possible because it was almost like, I was like, Oh, I never have it. So when will I have the chance to get this again? Like not the money, but when will I have a chance to do this or buy that or this experience? Mm -hmm. And so it's like the same thing. So what do you, how do you think that people get, how do you think that people, I mean, how do they start to untangle this? Like what, how do they start to figure out what, what, what the relationship with money is? I mean, if, if they're not getting a lot of it, where do they start to even understand this? Well, you have to look at the childhood. You have to look at how you were raised, how you were taught. And that is the program. That is the paradigm. A paradigm is just a, a, a conglomerate of belief systems that run your subconscious that wow. actually attracts your whole reality. And so I love like talking about this stuff too. And, you know, for anyone to become aware of your relationship or how you can shift it, you really have to see how you are with money and you have to uh, just kind of be like that conscious cop, conscious cop, yeah. where it's just like everything you do, whether, you know, see if you're on Amazon, like if you're an Amazon freak, you know, you are just always giving, giving, giving your money, but are you able to receive? Right. Or that you could even think of it as you're an Amazon freak and addiction. But when you see a homeless person, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts? You know, is it negative? Is it positive? Are you even willing to just give, you know, having that relationship of give and take, knowing you're always provided for? That's so interesting. I'm here. I mean, because this is, I'm thinking about this as you're saying it, right, for myself, because even though I make good money right now, I still always have this belief or this, this 
I need to change my languaging. Up until now, I've had this resistance that I've created, but I'm accepting my ability to be able to have a better relationship with money in the, in the ways that I used to tell myself, uh, making money is hard. Like, like, oh, I got to work so hard to make money. I got to do all these things. And so it's like, it's interesting because when I see a homeless guy, I'm like, here's some cash in my wallet. But when I see things that I need or like, like my, like, for example, it's snowing out right now, like mm -hmm. a mother. Okay. And I, I, I live not in town. I drive a two wheeled uh, Jeep Patriot and the tires are shit and the Jeep is worth 1200 bucks and studded snow tires are $800. And so yeah. I'm like, it's not that I don't have the $800, but I look at it, I'm like, I'm not going to spend the money on that. And now here I am stuck in my cabin with no food. <laughs> and like, I can't go to the gym because I can't go anywhere in my Jeep because I literally won't be able to, to get home. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, how, how, why do you think that, why do you think that I do that? Even, even though I, I know what money is, I understand energy. I'm good at making money. Like what, what would you say to somebody like me who still feels all the time like money is hard to make, even though I know that it's not like, what is that resistance? Would you say in somebody's experience like mine? Uh, you know what? That's such an intricate question that you would really, what my advice is for anyone is that you really have to see, like be that conscious cop in everything that you're doing that deals with money, whether it's uh, buying something or giving or even receiving. Like if you just yeah. get a random receive in PayPal, how do you feel? Yeah. You know, those are the things that you have to be aware of because that's where the imbalance is. You can be super happy or super bad, you know? I feel, bad when I, I feel bad when I get money. And I know that that's the problem. Like people buy, I mean, courses and stuff and they'll pop up like 900 bucks or it'd be like 97 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh man, I hope they like it. I hope well, they that's like the I hope way they like I see it. it is, you know, I, I kind of go on a little bit higher. I always try to see higher perspective all the time. And so the way I see it is you were just given a blessing, whether that's 800 or $8,000, but yet you're sad. You yeah. should be like, wow, the universe gave that to me. Yeah. Everything that you're doing and saying and thinking is complete direct communication with the universe. Yeah. And that's why the 5D, there's no fear. It's all about love. It's all about everything of love. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. And this is exactly why I wanted to have it in the show because I mean, I, I share vulnerably with my vulnerably with my audience, but this is a conversation I want I want more people to have because I just feel like there's not a lot of I mean I, like I said I make good money, but I I don't ever I still don't feel good about it, and so it's just I wanted to have this conversation with you because there's so many people that don't even want to talk about money because it's such a it's such a cause of anxiety of fear of overwhelm, and so wow. it's like you know you you talk about balancing this and I I talk about this all the time. I mean, um, related to what we're talking about now, but it's like, I talk, I always say, I'm like, people don't have a problem with law of attraction, whether you believe in it or not. Like you have zero problem with law of attraction. Like you're always going to attract whatever you put out. Cause that's just a universal law. But the mm -hmm. thing that most people don't understand is how to receive. And so I'm like, you know, I always, I always, you know, references it's like, well, if you order something on Amazon, you're this coffee mug, you're expecting it to receive it as somebody comes and knocks on your door, they hand you a box, you take the box, like, but that's not how we receive things in life. And so how do people even start to heal those things? Would you say like to be able to receive, to be able to receive a compliment, to be able to receive thanks, gratitude, money, like how do we become better receivers of anything in our life? The way Okay, there's this book I recommend. It's this tiny little green book on Amazon that's $7. It's called The Abundance Book by mm. uh, 
John Randolph, I believe. Okay. okay. And I recommend every human being read this tiny little pocketbook. And I have it in my purse all the time just for that like energy, you know? And then, um, so what I would say is one is be okay when you're receiving, you have to give, you have to be okay with giving. If you're okay with giving, then the receiving part should be a little bit more in traction. By building traction in the giving, will build traction in the receiving makes part. Yeah, makes but sense. always in grateful, like even how you just received, you know, 800 or $8,000, but you feel bad. And if I were to say to you, just be grateful, you would say, no, it's not that I'm not grateful. But right. the difference is, is being grateful, but being in a, a high vibration of like grateful thankfulness. Because if you were really grateful, you'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much. 100%, 100% you're right. Be happy, yeah. your vibration would be picked up. So it's just about having a higher vibration when right. you give, when you receive, when you uh, give gas to your car, when you feed your mouth, you know? 100%. Actually, that's that's true. Like, I, that's something I always do, too. It's like when I pay my bills, I always try to celebrate the fact I'm like, yo, I have the money to pay for this. There was most of my life when I never had the money to pay for this. And so if you're taking a look at this as an energetic, as an energetic healer like you are, and you're talking about receiving money or receiving or how to give or any of these things... Is there, does that come from one side or the other? I mean, it, 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 do these problems originate from a masculine side, a feminist side? Can it come from one or the other, both? Like where does somebody start to look into their wounded, their wounded self, their inner self to be able to heal these things? I would say both. And it goes through childhood, even past to past lives. And that's why, um, you know, Christina, she's right. a, a hypnotherapist. And what she's actually going to be doing for my women, you know, which... Uh, by the way, we're going to be doing a, a winter wealth retreat for women, Brooke and I. And so we're bringing a quantum hypnotherapist to go with these women to go through these past life regressions so awesome. to see where were those blocks. Yeah. Because there are lives, and here's the thing, with every soul, every soul is so intricate. We're about to go really, really high right now. Okay. But a soul is so intricate that you have thousands to even maybe millions of lives. That's how quantum the soul is. And so with that being said, we have a full spectrum of having lives as poor dirt and then lives as rich, wealthy kings and queens of ancient civilization. Right. That's why we are also here to have a full spectrum of experience because I came from shit poor, but I know my mission is spirituality and, and wealth and helping right. people understand the wealth is within, the right. abundance is within, by mastering your energy, you're taking away your own blocks because only you are blocking yourself. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, that's one thing I always tell people. I'm like, your, your external reality is a direct reflection of your internal thoughts and feelings. Like none of this is actually real. Like what we're manifesting is also manifesting us in one way or another. And so it's interesting when we start to talk about this because I know it can confuse a lot of people when we start talking about these higher things or these higher purposes or past lives. But I want to switch gears for a second because for some of the business owners or entrepreneurs on here, I want to talk in this about this winter wealth retreat because one is it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're just a normal ass person. Um, the winter wealth retreat that you're putting on for women, you and Brooke in January, like that's that's literally where you go to learn and to and to integrate these types of things. Whether it's your guys' retreat or a retreat like that, like for our listeners, I know we're talking about a bunch of advanced stuff, 
and I or Jasmine would be more than happy to point you to resources or things like that. But at the end of the day, and I talk about this in all my podcasts with all of my guests, because we're all of the same belief, it's power of association. You've got to surround yourself with people who are like you or who are already at where you want to go. And so the shift gears, what I mean from the money and energy is I kind of want to talk to you as a, as a business owner now, because I love the fact that you guys are doing a retreat. I have been telling people for the last year, at least now without with the C19, I'm like, you guys, retreats are the business. Like that is the business model of the future. Like <laughs> I, I, I stopped coaching. I took down my courses and I'm like, I don't, even, I don't want to do that because it's, to me, it's like a bandaid. It's a half measure. I'm like, what really happens is when you get people together in the same room and you share that energy and those ideas, that's where transformation and paradigm shifts actually come from. So how did you guys, is this your first retreat that you're running or how did you guys, how did you guys decide to, how did you guys decide to come together and do this? So I have been doing retreats in 2019 and I would only exclusively hold retreats in Mount Shasta because Shasta ha is a healing epicenter for me. And so I just wanted to share the gift of Mount Shasta to other women. And so um, I took a break in November to all of this year because I needed to do my own inner work, really mm -hmm. pivot forward into what I'm going to be doing next. And so it's always been a similar theme for me. And like that resonates with my heart so deeply that it's always going to be retreats for me that are going to fill me up because yeah. That's where I can give women and eventually I'll be doing men too, but I really want to make it like an intimate woman empowerment type of uh, themes of the type of retreats I'm facilitating because this is a time where women get to see and be with me and my energy and I get to coalesce with their energy. And the thing is, is the universe brings me my soul family. So right. at all my retreats, they're all soul sisters that I know we, you have learned from me before you know, or we're soul sisters. I've had some people come and it's like, we both have the download where it's like, whoa, I feel like I've learned from you in another life. And it's yeah. like, whoa, I feel that too. That's wild. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's always interesting to me. I'm like, and I, I know that, yeah, again, we might be talking a little over some people's heads, but I'm like, all the people I understand or believe or remember that all the people that I come in contact with you or anybody else, like what, and what some other form we've done this before together, or we wouldn't, be running into each other again in anything. Maybe you were my mom. Maybe you were. Uh, maybe I was your gardener. Maybe I, I whatever. But it's like it's so interesting. We start to go backwards in these things. And so uh, I didn't believe or know any of that until my mushroom trip uh, and I had in Thailand. And it's interesting because this was the, the first thing. Again, at the time, I had no. I don't even know where it's coming from. But I came out of my five-hour ceremony. Uh, it was like five o'clock in the evening. Beautiful place. And I, Jasmine, it was so nuts. I'm like. The only thing I knew absolutely 1000% certain beyond a shadow of a doubt, as sure as the sun comes up every day, is that I had been here before. I remember coming out of my mushroom trip and I was like, I have done this before. And I was like, I was murdered in my last life. That's how I felt. And so it's interesting that I started to do this deep work. Like what, what have been, what has your experience been and what have you learned about your past lives? Ooh, well, I've learned a lot. I think I'm still learning every day just by me being here in Montana in the specific location, the lake that I'm next to, the valley I'm in. I mean, when I drive through certain spaces, like especially the reservations out here or where you even go towards like Idaho, Washington, oh, I, I just have a goosebumps the whole drive and then cool. I feel like my black long hair just flowing in the wind, riding, like I see this black horse, like all black, blacked yeah. out 
with red eyes. Wow. And see how like, see, this is all intuition. This is all channeling. Like I'm just receptive to my own self. And this is what the awakening does for you. And it might maybe over some people's head, but when wow. you have a knowing from your own soul, it's you're a different human. You're not like many people walking around the street. That's right. what makes it so cool. And these conversations so potent, right. you know, I just, I have that. I always um, pick up on past lives um, everywhere that I'm, that I'm at, everywhere that I'm placed, you know, there's a reason why my son and um, his dad is native American. There is, there's a reason why we came from the reservation in Southern California to now all the way up here where I feel this is like my res. Okay. So that's interesting. Cause I want to ask you that. And then it's, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that, that uh, that's his background because I didn't plan on coming to Montana at all. Uh, I had never been here, never seen it. I just hopped in the car with my buddy and we just drove here. And now here I am in Montana. But the second that I got here, the one overwhelming feeling for me that I, again, didn't, don't know where it came from, was this, uh, this feeling to want to return to an ancestral way of living mm. and specifically to uh, Native American practices. And so is there, what, what are you, what, what, what attracted you to Montana? You say, oh, this specific location and this lake. I know, so I've since learned that this area, Flathead Valley is, is a vortex uh, and one of the strong, strongest vortexes there, there is here in the nation. And so what is that? Like, is there something about, is there something about a Native American heritage or a power or a spirit that has drawn people like you and I here specifically, or is that just coincidence? It's never coincidence, but there's a reason why you and I very much so resonate with it. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to resonate with right, it. That right. just means our soul essence. We have the Native American within us. Okay. We have lived here. I know this yeah. one. You and me have a very special connection to all of us, how we all got here together. And so, um, yeah, it's just, and you have confirmation. When you meet soul family like this, those yeah. are your confirmations because yeah. We've been programmed and everything around us is saying, no, 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 don't believe that. That's magic mumbo jumbo. But we're getting the numbers, the confirmations, the people. You can't make this up, man. Why are people so scared of that? Why are people so scared to believe in the magic or or the mumbo jumbo or the hippies? <laughs> like, why, why do you think? Is it just programmed? Is, is, was it designed for us to, to be scared of that? Right. Absolutely. And that's why we are waking up is because we're going to be these new people, these leaders to be helping people get out of this, getting out of the programs, getting out of all the applications that we have been consuming. I highly recommend watching The Social Dilemma. If you oh, yeah. can apply your phone to your own self as apps and all of these things, it's truly how the consciousness works. And it's up to us to make the shifts. It's up to us to understand what is subconscious and conscious mind and how to shift it, how to reprogram it. You know, that, that, that I, I a hundred percent agree. I, um, okay. So I, I want to go a little, I'm going to get in a spaceship. We're going to take off for just a second. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking for an answer. I just got to ask another so <laughs> spiritual person. Ask away. Again, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of life. It, it really doesn't, but okay. What, what, how do you feel about space? Like, do we live in a fucking dome? Is there something else out there? Is somebody controlling us? Or like, what, what is going on here? Like, what do you think? Just um, Well, I'm learning a lot about space, actually. Me and too. <laughs> See? That's why I'm asking. I'm learning about um, time code frequencies and timelines and how we're all on different timelines. We're all on different dimensions. 
if you begin to understand space, you have to understand dimension, frequency, vibration, and oscillation, and how you can go through these different dimensions. And that's where it becomes quantum. Quantum physics, it goes beyond quantum physics. It goes to um, intelligence. You know, we see of uh, ancient Egypt and Lumeria and all of these magical, mystical places that are absolutely real. They've happened on Earth, but they have had advanced technology. And the advanced technology comes from intelligence. And intelligence yeah. is the galaxies. Yeah. When I talk about being a star seed, if you guys follow me um, on my Instagram or my YouTube, it's Star Seed Mystery School. And the term star seed means your soul DNA is from galactic uh, other planets. You know, other, for me, I've been on Earth so many times because I needed to do missions. Right. But literally, I know my soul and my home planet is elsewhere. I come to Earth to do missions. Yeah. And some people will see me like, whoa, how do you know that? But it's all a journey. You know, you have to believe yourself first and foremost in everything that you do. And by believing in myself, I've gone through so many understandings beyond quantum physics that I won't really go into now, but um, space is very much so real. And space definitely has light and dark. There's definitely warfare going on, especially, and that's why we're at the state of being because planet Earth is uh, is like real estate. Right. It's real estate to the space, to the galaxies. Oh, really? Absolutely. It's the one of the most um, potent, powerful planets because of Earth's core, Earth's crystal, crystalline DNA, everything within her. Um, it goes very, very mystical. Yeah. And the reason that I asked this to kind of make it tangible for our listeners and even for you is, you know, recently the Pentagon like announced that they have aircraft, they have flying saucers that are not from this earth. Like I, in the mumble jumble of everything that's going on with the pandemic and the elections and stuff, like they have come out and been like, yeah, yo, like we have ships that are not from this earth. And nobody really paid attention to it. And not that, again, that's really that important because it's just part of the matrix. It's, but that's where I'm like, wait a second. What the fuck? Like, I, it's all connected. I recommend it's on audio, even on YouTube. It's called 1900, The Last President by Ingersoll Lockwood. And that uh, book was written in 1875. And it talks about Trump being a time traveler no. and how in 1875 he said trump and pence would be the last president there would be no more elections oh my god you shut up are you kidding me oh you got it you have no, to check no. this out i swear to god i just had a conversation about this yesterday i was and i've been saying this for months i i literally all of my i'm like i can't i can't tell why but I feel like this is going to be the last election ever. I feel like this. Oh, I have. I'm, I'm all the way down. All over. Oh You're kidding me. Yes. That's so wild. So, and I've been. I mean, I know that you. You same thing. But we're definitely at a spiritual warfare right now. Like I know that 5D wins. Um, we don't have to get too deep into it now. But I believe that you know we will return to nature, and nature and Earth will become one again, and that will become a social networking complex, basically, and we will all of earth and everything never had been will become whatever the next octave as we continue to go into space before we all come back to one and then redo the whole thing all over again forever. But uh, it's like, uh, what is that about? What can people that are listening to this right now? I, so my listeners, most of my, most of the Gillen gang, shout out to you guys. I love you guys. Most of the Gillen gang is, 
kind of like where we were and I was in 2019, where you were at in 2018, where they're on the cusp of this and they're really starting to like want to get out of the matrix or at least learn how to unplug from it. And so what, what would you say about how, how this collective consciousness is playing out right now? Some people are, they're triggered by the elections or this and that. And even though I, I don't, it is what it is. I like to get in there and play. I just like to play a little bit. So I, you know, I get the hat and stuff and like, whatever. It doesn't oh, really matter. But... making me bust up laughing when I saw your Instagram story. When you were introducing me, I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, but what, what can people learn from this? I mean, for people that in the Gilligan Gang that are starting to listen to this in your audience too, it's like, what is it that, so you're talking about the, 19, the 1900, the last president, uh, this is the last election. There's clearly something going on. People can feel it's an evil versus a good, but that sounds like hippie, dippy, mumbo jumbo, woo woo stuff. And so how can people start to look at this and really make their own concepts if they want to change them? Well, first off, it's going to be everyone's experience will be different and it's going to play out based on how willing you are to believe truth because the only person that's denying truth is yourself. Right. But here's the thing. We've got thousands of voices in here. And it's about, that's why you have to meditate. You have to quiet the egos. You have one higher self and thousands of egos in your head. And so you have to learn how to, whatever resonates with you, follow that rabbit hole and learn some information. But it's really based on that person. If a person's not willing to wake up, um, they're not going to stay on this planet. The vibration right. of earth is shifting. She's already at 5D. It's now up to the people to become into 5D. Right. In order for us to have order, we need chaos. But the whole thing with chaos, and so this is my spiel with chaos, is that you know, planet earth has so much fear that us light workers, us star seeds, we are trying to eliminate that fear. Right. So even though there's going to be chaos, which right. we know what's going to happen and things will happen, who knows, it is very important to say center, grounded, and never in fear. Right. Because fear is the densest vibration, and that is that will put you on a dark realm location right. to like a dark planet. Right. And so us as being uh, quantum people, energetic fields, our minds, our bodies can transport to different locations, meaning totally. we have light. We have dark when you have fear fear based within the body fear is running the show that's where dis-ease comes into place right. where the darkness and density takes over the body and then the light gets shut down and then you die okay i agree but i gotta unpack this because i, I there's some things i gotta know from somebody that's an expert like you first off don't let me forget to ask you about astral projection because i want to know more about what you know about that but before we get there let me ask you this I have this feeling, and I know Christina's talked about it too, and you keep saying, oh, I've come back to earth, i come back to earth. I, it scares me to say out loud, honestly, probably my ego, but I feel sometimes like this is my last, like this is my last time here. And it's, it's almost like sometimes I, I, feel, I feel bored. Like I feel, I, I feel bored with this whole thing. And it scares me. I try to remember like, what is the passion I'm at? What's fun? And it's like, what does that mean? Like you say that, like me too, like what, what do you guys it's almost it's almost weird. It's freaky to hear you say that because because I've said that and and I even said, you know, Montana is my last destination. Wow. You know, like I even like, whoa, there's some people on this planet who will who just think it's all Earth. There's nothing out. Wow. But but, you know, if if which it's not going to happen, but if we ended up going through the dark timeline, like the dark 
really right. ended up taking over planet Earth, right. people like us would be teleported back to our planets, oh, back to yeah. who we were. Right. But then it gets even crazier because we're more than just this human body. Can you imagine what our soul like essence is and like the other mystical creatures who would have been? Honestly, this shit's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, right. No, it's I was listening to uh, Aubrey Marcus' uh, podcast the other day. He had a guest on named Paul Sheik at Cheek. And uh, anyways, what they were talking about is we are immortal. And Paul, his guest, was talk Aubrey was talking about dying or being scared. And uh, his guest, uh, Paul, was saying the same thing. He's like, you got to understand that your soul is invested right here. But when you go to sleep or when you close your eyes or, or any of these things, like you exist in infinite dimensions at the same time. It's just that this is the one that you're invested in right now. And so let's move move to a second real quick before I talk about how to get to those dimensions because I, I, I'm still learning that. But what is your take on death then and being immortal? Because we're driven by fear. I always, I always equate your ego as the avatar suit that you have to wear to be able to play the game in this dimension. And so I'm like, how, how is it that I mean, our ego is designed to keep us alive? Like that's its only job to keep us surviving here. And so it's like, how do you, how do people start to deal with that concept of dying and how, how are you able to move through that? Or like, how were you able to let go of the fear? Because I think some people listen to us now and they're like, you guys celebrate. Oh yeah, this is my last time here. Like, whoo, like I'm not saying I want to die, but how did that change for you where you became, where you accepted and surrendered to the, to the reality, which reality that you are immortal and that you're going to die and that's okay. Right. Well, definitely dying. When I say death, it, it means the human vessel. This vessel will leave. But then that's where the physical mind, conceptional system of whoever's watching has to understand that death is only a human vibration program because soul is infinite. Yeah. The human body, like you can cut off this and then it's dead, you know? Uh, it's not like it's going to grow back a new one or maybe, I don't know, but... Um, that's just the human vessel, the human vibration, the density, the carbon-based DNA right. will die. It's just the suit. But the soul is immortal. And that's where I was able to understand, like, yeah, this, this is my last time here because I've had so many lives. And this is the last life that I have to really fulfill this mission because this is really it for planet Earth where it's really just playing out and like a lot of like to make a diamond. It takes so much compression and so much pressure, right. and all of this stuff. And, but then the beautiful diamond, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of what you alluded to earlier, which, you know, if people want to Google chaos theory, just the basic, basic, what is chaos theory? It really just says that from chaos comes order. Uh, and there's like a, a freaking thing you guys can study that the computer programs that this guy made years ago. And it, it proves that in a simulation over time, chaos always return or order always comes from chaos. And so, I guess I'm just saying that real quick because Gill and Gang or uh, Jasmine's people, if you're listening to this and your life is chaotic right now, find gratitude for it because order is coming. Um, but anyways, not to be off on a tangent, but it's um, from gold. Just yeah. have that mentality. Keep going. Keep digging. You are three feet from gold. Right. Uh, for uh, we explain that that uh, to some of the listeners who may not understand or may not have read the book. Okay, so just a basic concept of what that means is. Basically what I said, just whatever it is that you believe in, and that's the intuition. You have to have, you have to let the intuition power, have the fuel, because you could be three feet from gold. You yeah. know, you may not be able to physically see it 
or see it in the timeline, but that's where that intuition comes. That's yeah. how successful people become successful. They're not waiting for their success. They work and build and keep going. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that's one of the things that's been tough for my ego in this uh, in this experience right now, especially during everything that's going on with this election and this and that. Um, as it pertains to being, I like this hat, for example, I bought it to be a troll um, a couple months ago because I just was like, my people know me and my results should speak for themselves. And so if all of a sudden, after years of knowing me, you see me put a red hat on and then you are like, oh, you're all these things and you're a terrible person unfollowed. Wait a second. So I'm sitting here talking about love and acceptance and kindness, but I'm wearing this hat and you want to unfollow me. And so it's been interesting because in this experience during this time, it's been very, very easy for me to, to discern between who are my people and who are not. Yeah. And it kind of makes me feel guilty. Like I'm passing judgment. You know, it's like this crazy thing that goes on in, on in your head with being in this time. And so like to have you on right now and just to kind of share some of the stuff with us is, is awesome. But the thing I want to know is, is um, we were just talking about being able to, to go different places, uh, to be able to travel, to be able to understand these lives, to be able to, why are we coming back here? What does this all mean? What do you think happens when we die? Not to you and I specifically, but what do you think happens when people die? It's like, you know. I think it's very simple. I'm sure it's more complex, but the basis of what happens is, whatever because the whole soul contract it's almost like you're reviewing a document after you die like did you do this did you do that like okay check 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 oh you forgot that okay check 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 oh you also killed this person okay check 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 oh you also have done like all this karma you get yeah. the karma tallies and then oh but she didn't learn this lesson in that life okay so now we have to place it onto the next one so all the soul is all about evolution Right. And that's what we're physically doing as human beings. Oh, like our soul is literally evolving in front of our eyes. That's what the awakening is. And so when you die, you had this life as maybe like a 65-year-old farmer. But now you could be like, um, like this beautiful little South American girl right. who is going to be now learning the exact lessons that you didn't learn then. And this that's cool, the really gold about you tuning into your past life who were you back then right. and it's important to to believe that because if you don't believe something it will never be true it will you'll never walk that path in right. that you know it's interesting to me uh, i'm sure you're familiar with abraham uh, hicks mm -hmm. yeah and so it's interesting uh, about a year ago i was listening to an uh, excerpt from uh, abraham talk and somebody was asking this question to her uh well to, to um her but uh, what's her name oh my god i can't remember what uh, is it Abram or Abraham? Abraham. It's Abraham Hicks. But what is the what's the actual lady's name? Oh my God, I can't remember. I don't know the name. I can't of remember. Her name. Anyways, what she was saying, uh, what she answered through was, um, she's like, you know, they go, oh well, is there past life and how do you do this and that? And she's like, if you want there to be, otherwise there's not. And I and that kind of fucked me up for a little bit too because it was she was just saying like literally whatever you choose to believe in, is it important that you had your past life or is it not? Did it really happen or didn't it? And for a while, it kind of messed with me, you know, because I looked at her like, a, well, you know, I looked at her as like the, the expert at the time. And not that she's not credible because of that. And she may be right. Who knows? But I, I'm with you. Where now, I've, after all the spiritual awakening and the journey I'm on and the things that I've learned and, or remembered, I, I keep, I don't want to say learned because we know everything. We already know everything um, that I've remembered. You know, it's really gotten me to this point where I'm with you, where I have this understanding and belief that like, 
we chose this, and I know you'll agree, everything, our name, our parents, where we were born, when we were born, the circumstances that we were going to have to face. It's like we set up the perfect scenario for our soul to best learn. And I think that for the listeners, that's one of the things that really changed my life the most in the beginning was letting go of the judgment of other people or taking things so personal and instead looking at somebody and understanding like oh, you're being a complete bitch to me and being like, damn, like you picked a good character. Like, <laughs> your character is really going to help you learn whatever the fuck it is you're supposed to learn because you're kind of a bee. All right, have a good day. But like literally being able to start to look at people like these characters, these video game characters and understanding that we're literally all the same energy. We're all one people is where I started because I was terrified of death. I mean, I was terrified, but it was like during my mushroom trip, it was like, God was like time out, zoomed out of the, of the how to like the, how to play the game. And then it was like, I was him and he was me at the same time, fully understanding and going back and forth. Like I can't even explain it in this dimension. And he walked me through everything was like, yo, first off, this doesn't matter. None of it's real. You're just here to experience and play. Uh, and then when the trip was over, I went back into the system. I mean, he walked me literally through my entire timeline of what my life is supposed to be like. And so when I came back, I was like, um, when I came back, you know, to, to reality, uh, that's when there's this overwhelming download of like, okay, bro, you've done this before. Uh, whatever you did last time, your ego got you killed. And so now here's the lesson you do. You're going to die. You're not. And that was the first time I remember having that feeling of one, letting go of the fear of death, but, um, feeling like I'm not going to be back here again. Which again, if I think about that too much in the ego, terrifies me because it's like, <laughs> well, where am I going to go? Like, what am I going to do? You know? And so, oh, it's eleven eleven. What's up? Um, well, you met me, and there's a reason why we both feel this. And uh, there's billions of people on this planet, and many people will not be able to say that. Yeah. Well, and like, like that's the thing, though, is because there's always an opportunity to be scared of anything, no matter how enlightened you become, right? And I think that that's one of the things that. I wanted to just kind of get out of this podcast for our people to understand is that I feel like, especially now in this day and age with the way that Western society has become that everybody feels like there's a race to get something done. You know, I, I grew my business, uh, multiple six figures, had all these things, all the, the beautiful girl, the high rise, all the things. And I was standing there in the middle of it. I had done all the things that I, that they told a poor kid who wasn't loved that if he did those, you'd be happy. And I was standing there and I was like, none of this, none of this makes me happy. I'm more miserable than I've ever been. And so as it pertains to what we're talking about, it's interesting because so many people feel like there's just this destination to get to, like there's got to be something grand. And what I keep wanting to other people understand help, and why I wanted you on the show is because you articulate this so, so perfectly. But what I want people to understand is like, there's nothing to fulfill. Like you're, we are all one person that we're all the same person. We each came here specifically to fulfill one purpose. And once we can find that purpose and we can let go of these things that we we need to accomplish, it's like you said, you know, I have thousands of dollars rolling into my account. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm connecting with my soul fam. And so what is the one thing that you would say for somebody who wants to get started in this path? There's one thing that they could do to start to remove ego, obviously besides coming to your retreat, but if you haven't <laughs> seen it, go there. So, but it, like, what's one thing that they could do to start to remove that fear and start to really just find a purpose so they can, because I know I found my purpose in nature. So I mm -hmm. preach nature, go out. That's how I found it. Or that's how I connected with it anyways. But how would you share with somebody to, that, that is listening to us? That's like, I kind of am ready to do these things, but I can't stop being scared. I can't let go of the feeling I have to get to this finish line. Like, how do you let go of that? 
I would say uh, that just enjoy the journey and how we were programmed to have a destination. It's literally all about the journey and experience. And even taking, you know, if we have a negative experience, every single experience is a life lesson, is a learning lesson. Whether you think it's good or bad, the way that it is perceived through you is just based on where you're imbalanced. You know, because there's no good and bad. It's just experience. Do you enjoy it or not? If you don't enjoy it, there's a reason, but think of that. And that's going to be that shift. And so I would say for anyone who is ready, you know, just command it like or journal it, meditate on it, whatever it is, whether you're thinking it out into the universe, writing it to the universe or saying it to the universe, just fully believe in it and walk that path, see the signs that the universe gives you. You know, if if you feel like you need to make a right turn, even though you usually just go straight, right. why not make that right turn? Try it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such good advice. That's such good advice. Um, how important is it to dream? Um, I don't know of like how important it is, but every person, of course, goes through their dream state. But the dream state, you wanted to talk about astral projection. Right. Astral projection is a phase during the uh, spiritual awakening okay so the astral projection is sometimes we'll see it and it doesn't literally mean the visions that you're seeing it comes as like this is a symbol for this or that but we all know that even the characters in the dream is all pertaining to you even if someone's trying to kill you you trying to kill you that's like your ego trying to kill your higher self or where are you trying to deplete yourself that makes sense But but astral projection, again, is just a phase. It's like a level one of your awakening. When you, after astral projection, where I'm at, I'm doing dream awakenings. Mm -hmm. And dream awakenings is when I'm asleep, I'm not really, my body is sleeping, but my soul and my higher self is off doing missions. And this sounds crazy, but I'm literally doing missions. I talk about my YouTube videos. I'm doing missions here on my local, in the local area. Right. No, um, I won't dive into that too much, but if you check out my YouTube, um, I talk about in my channel? Um, Starseed Mystery School on YouTube. Starseed Mystery School. I'll link that here uh, under the podcast, under this video to you guys. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up because it's one of the reasons that originally attracted me to No Smoke November with Christina is she was saying that she felt she's feeling called to remember her dreams. And I have been feeling like that for a couple of months now. And actually, it's probably, again, it's my ego because I lo- it loves to worry. But I, I know that everybody dreams, but I haven't, I haven't had a dream. I mean, I haven't remembered my dreams for, I mean, probably six, seven years now. And so it's, it's, it's so crazy to me because I, I feel like I'm trapped here in, or at Earth. Because even when I sleep, I don't, go, I, I don't remember. I, yeah, I believe them off doing things, but I'm not connected to it. And it's um, and the reason I wanted to ask you, and now this is going to sound crazy to a lot of my listeners. I haven't ever, actually. I don't think I've even talked about this on air ever before. But um, I tell my roommate all the time. Uh, one is it's like it's interesting that Marshall's here. That it's it's interesting that I own guns. It's interesting that Marshall's this outdoor person. It's interesting that I want to learn how to fight and survive off the land and all these crazy things. Like where did that come from? Because that's not me. The reason mm-hmm. I'm saying that is because I used to have. Well, I used to have two dreams. And then at the end, w- one dream only every night for years. And that dream was, I was always in like a post-apocalyptic urban area, leading a small group of people 
through a decimated city that was under attack from like, let's say something like Terminator. Like you're to watch Terminator 2. It's the only dream I had for like the last few years I dreamed. And then I just stopped dreaming. And I keep telling Adrian, my roommate, I'm like, bro, I don't want to be all crazy, but I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be the end of the world or what's going on right now. And I'm not trying to say that, but as somebody that is into dreams, like, what do you, is there any kind of representation you think or why that may be going on? Okay. So I've had similar when I first started awakening, I always had reoccurring dreams of an apocalypse, but it was always about me and Brian. We were together, but um, we always died in this life. It was almost like zombies were chasing after us or people were chasing after us. Yes. You get that too? It was like it was like zombies or Terminator. or It was not a life form, but it was something very evil, but something, something like- trying to take- yeah. And I always die. I, I was always the guy. I always say I'm always the guy. I'm always the guy that dies last in the movie. It's like the hero and the guy and you <laughs> to make it out. And at the last fucking second, the guy yeah. dies like, oh, and I've always felt like that's going to be me. And Whoa. so I, was like, I wonder why that is. Okay. And then when this whole C thing came out, I was in Walmart back in March. And when I saw there was no toilet paper, Brian will tell you, I started crying in the Walmart and I said, Brian, I've had dreams of us doing this. Yeah. Ooh, and, all the chills, man. Oh, and you know what? There's still more to come. Yeah. You know, there's still more chaos to come. But this is not that timeline. Yeah. We've lived it before. Oh, really? Here to bring a new one. So it's just like an emotional remembrance. Like it's something within ourselves, like a, a like knowing it's in our like DNA. This is, this is it, you know? And, uh, and it's like you were just saying, like the representation isn't always directly what it's going to be, but it's like your ego versus this. That's crazy, uh, which I guess means that we're probably all tuned into the same frequency, which is why we're here having this conversation and knowing each other in this and dimension. I were here in this exact location. I, I was kind of hoping I was going to get to like, I the world's going to burn down and I was going to like get to be Rambo and shit. I was like, cool, man, let's not work anymore and let's fucking survive. But we don't want that. That would be bad. No, it's not going to happen. But yeah. I'm going to go check out my dealer. If you want to come next week, I'm going to pick up an AR. Really? So, yep. I, I have an AR. You, guys, you don't have an AR yet? Oh, no, no. I just got my little, my little babe. What do you got? What do you carry? You have an everyday revolver. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so old school. Yeah. But I don't like the techie semi-auto. I just like the old school. Throw it and shoot, you know? That's dope. Have you always been a gun, uh, gun person or is that something new too? Oh, same with you. When I moved to Montana, I just, that whole Montana life came up. I'm part of Women's Firearm Academy out here. Um, women are actually 60% of the new gun owners of 2020. And so women rising, you know, empowering themselves, being able to protect themselves, which when I came from California, I was scared. I was terrified of guns. But now I'm, I have it with me all the time. All the time. Anytime, if I need to go to in the mountains or to Costco, yeah. right. and so it's interesting because I, 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 in the beginning, I kind of dealt with this almost like shame or guilt because I'm like, I'm a spiritually awakened person. Why am I so ready for violence? But I, have, I mean, I went through the, I was uh, in Vegas during the shooting, uh, October 1st, 2018. I thought I was going to, I literally thought we were going to be murdered. Um, that was a traumatic experience. And then when Donald Trump won in 2016, well, I guess that was before Vegas. When Donald Trump won in 2016, I, was very political. I hated Trump vehemently, couldn't stand him. I was all tied into the media. Uh, anybody can make their own decision, whatever, whatever. 
And I remember that first day, the day after the election, I was like, I have to go buy a gun. But I lived in Southern California. I wasn't a gun person. Then I went through the Vegas thing. And then I was like, okay, I need to get a gun. So I never pulled the trigger. But once I, once the uh, C-19 started in March, there was this all of a sudden where I was like, I'm done. I'm moving to a, a location that's undisclosed. I'm buying some guns. I'm learning how to survive. Like, did you ever deal with any of that feeling like almost like a fraud, like having a gun be supposed to be such a healer and a lover? And how, for anybody that's listening, like, you know, how can we resolve that? I mean, I've, I've since resolved that, but how did you resolve that feeling? I mean, it even comes to me like being so spiritual, but yet I eat so much red meat. Like yeah. I love red meat. It's because of where I'm at, you know, and everyone has their own whatever, whatever. Right. But um, for me, it's just that I really, I loved it. I love that I have this great masculine energy inside of me, but I needed to have this, be able to protect myself. Yeah. So yeah. Some, most women, we see like, oh, you're supposed to protect me. Right. You know, like then I started to really realize, whoa, I just have to protect myself. Yeah, yeah. Inside of me. So yeah. I think for women and men, whatever, whoever you are, it's always about being able to provide for yourself. Don't think like your woman should be cooking you dinner. It's actually really attractive to see men cooking dinner. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I um I met somebody uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before my birthday, and uh, you know we were hanging out and we just kind of started, you know, uh, kissing and she was just <laughs> like touching me and, uh, and, uh, but she, like, we were like, you know, it was all like cool and stuff. But then all of a sudden she kind of was like, put her arms around me and she felt my, my peace in my back, you know, cause I, I, like, I, I don't go anywhere without it. I, whether I go into Costco or if I'm going outside. Right. And it was like, I hit the binders like, Whoa, like what the fuck is that? And I'm like, um, that's my gun. And she's like, no, seriously, what is that? I'm like, no, really? Like, that's my gun. She's like, you have a fucking gun on you right now. <laughs> she made me go outside and put it away. I was like, I literally almost left. I, literally st I stood up and I was like, I was just kind of staring off in space and I'm like, mm. all right, Marsh, you have a decision to make. Like, you know, and, and again, it's not um, good or bad. And she'll probably listen to this and be like, what the fuck? But like, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was, uh, it was a little, again, not judging anybody and it's not right or wrong. I'm not telling people to carry a gun, but it, it, it is a difference. Again, when I talk about this experience and as it pertains to right now, it's kind of why I think I'm feeling bored because I'm just, my soul is not having fun because there's such a divide nowadays mm -hmm. of people labeling or judging like such mm -hmm. hard line things. Oh, you wear the red hat. Oh, you carry a gun. You must be this way. And right. I'm like, no, that's a, that's a social construct that you're creating, not me. Like I, like I said, I charge my crystals in the full moon. I meditate, I carry guns. I, but it's like, I, I just, the reason I wanted to have you on here and, and we'll let you go here soon. It's just that um, I want people to be able to, especially women, I want people to be able to take a look at people like you and I and Brian and all the people we've broken, all the people we surround ourselves with. Like there, you can be whoever you want. You, if you want to carry a gun and talk about crypto, which I didn't even get into that, which I wanted to, but, and you want to talk about crypto and making money, but you also want to hold retreats and, and talk about spirituals and act like you can, there's nobody telling you guys what you can be, whatever your soul speaks to your soul, whatever is the most fun. So what a crazy time to be alive. Oh yes. And it's so beautiful to be able to expand in the, in the feminine and the masculine. And the more that we are more authentic to ourselves the more that divine algorithm is going to take place and we just attract the soul family to exactly what we need. When you came over, which, you know, let's tell your people this, when you came over, I didn't even know who you were, but you showed up with one of my soul sisters yeah. and 
then we hit it off like crazy. Like it was like, whoa, we know each other. We didn't like you came to my house. That's how we met. 100%. Yeah. I mean, randomly on a random ass night. I, I, so for those of you who don't know, uh, I connected this girl named Christina on Facebook. I don't know, six, six, eight months ago. Didn't, didn't even know, or just somebody I connected with. And then about a month or two ago, I said, I posted something on Facebook and she messaged me, never even talked to her before. And she's like, do you live in Montana? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, she goes, I'm about to freak out. I said, I live in Columbia Falls. Where do you live? And she goes, no way. I live in Columbia Falls. And so then we were talking about like meeting up, meeting up. And then about two weeks went by and we finally decided to meet up. And it turns out she lives literally, literally Gilling Gang. If I walk out on my patio and I scream real loud, she lives <laughs> a thousand yards from where I'm at. She could go outside and be like, yo, what's up? And so um, we decided to hang out. Uh, we went and grabbed a beer and then decided let's drive. 30 or 40 minutes down to where you guys live, walk into your house and random people's house at nighttime, which I'm not, I'm typically not good with those situations because I'm an introvert, but you could feel the energy the second you walked in. And this is something I got to share though. That's, that's super interesting because that's where I met you and Patrick and Brian and uh, Brooke, but it's also where I met your son, Bo. And um, it's interesting to me because when I got there, uh, Bo was, like talking to me and just drawing picture after picture after picture. Like, I mean, he must've gone into that room to grab a hundred pieces of printer paper. Right. And he draws her quick and he comes and he brings me another one and draws and brings me another one. And he must've done that, like I said, a bunch of times. And, um, I've been in a lot of turmoil recently since getting to, uh, Montana turmoil with business, because I can distinctly feel that I, I'm not aligned with and don't love what I do with top paid speaker. I don't love coaching. I, I don't love, I hate it. And I keep doing it for money. And so I have been very quiet. I've been quiet on my show. I haven't made much content like I used to. I've just been hiding. So I get to your guys' house. We go through that experience. I'm like, wow, these people are awesome. I literally didn't think I was going to ever find anybody like me in Montana, which to the guys who are listening, it's the law of attraction. When you start to love yourself and view yourself in a positive and loving way and support yourself, the universe is going to start to deliver all kinds of crazy things, money, soul fam, experiences. It doesn't mean that life's always great and happy, but it's not supposed to be. You're supposed to experience the full spectrum of emotion that comes with being alive. But anyways, back to Bo. Um, so we're getting ready to leave. And the, la the very last picture that Bo drew me was this picture. Now, I don't know what, it, I don't know what anybody sees when they see that. But to me, um, I, I, it was the last one. And you're like, last one. And we're all walking out the door. And he comes and puts us down in front of me. And it was like this instant knowingness. I'm like, dude, this kid is telling me that I need to start to speak to my people again. Like whatever this is to me, it's like uh, the first thing I saw was me standing at a podium in a crowds of people. And so as it pertains to soul energy or this and that, I think that it's important for people to remember back to what we originally stated, which was if anybody that you're coming in contact with, I believe you've definitely shared with contact in other times. And I firmly believe that Bo in some kind of past life was uh, a teacher or a, like a sensei, a master to me. Oh my gosh. And so if you walk in and from his long hair, even to his long hair, which you know, <laughs> Native American people, like it's so sacred and so much energy comes from that. I know, you know, programming through movies. And I know I was talking about Avatar, but earlier Avatar too, same thing. They, they use that to plug in. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I'm like, he gets this to me. Uh, and I go home and I, I went to sleep. The next morning I'm going through my pockets and I, I'm like, what is this? And I open it up. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, my soul teacher just gave me a lesson here on earth. And so I've, I've had this on my refrigerator 
And so it's like uh, maybe a little, it's just a little thing, you know, to your guys' experience, but what we're manifesting is always manifesting us. And uh, that's how I, I know I'm like something with these, with these people that I've reconnected with, like, I don't know what it is. Uh, and maybe it's something more than just to play and have fun and to reflect uh, where we're at. I don't know. I don't know what the thing is going to be, but um, your son uh, created a, a really big paradigm shift for me with this one little freaking drawing that mm -hmm. hangs in my refrigerator that I look at every morning and night now to remind myself of like, uh, it's time to show up. Um, and if I hadn't been there and I hadn't met Bo, I, that wouldn't have happened. And so it's, uh, it's crazy. It's, that's your son. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, that's that little kid is, I, I don't have to tell you, uh, I don't have to tell you or Brian, you guys know, but that it has something insanely powerful and bright inside of him. It's just, it's unreal. You guys did a good job. Thank you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This has been pretty awesome. Uh, if you guys want to follow more uh, what Jasmine does, you guys, it's Star Seed School. Mystery school. Starseed Mystery School. Yeah. Every time I try to tag you on Instagram and anything, I always keep I always keep trying to type seek. I don't know why I keep thinking seek, I, and it's not. And then I, I type an S, and I have to scroll through, and it's like, oh yeah, Starseed. Star, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you guys want, go follow her there. You guys can follow her on Instagram. Uh, otherwise, if you're a woman who you know is ready to take that next step, and you guys want to be able to surround yourself with more like-minded women who are vibrating at a high frequency or who are holding space and supporting, allowing women to fully step into both the masculine and femininity that is their right, that's their divine birthright. And you guys are gonna wanna reach out to her uh, and talk about that Winter Wealth Retreat that's coming up in January. I have zero doubts that's gonna be absolutely phenomenal. I gotta get you back on the podcast again. Next time I wanna do it with you and Brooke and I wanna dive into cryptocurrency and, and, uh, and uh, precious so metals. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, and it's uh, it probably, probably, hopefully, we can get that in sooner than later because I think with the way things are going right now, it's a lesson that a lot of people are going to uh, need. And then yeah. maybe people can uh, decide that they're going to make it out to you guys' retreat. We'll talk about cacao ceremonies and everything. But, anyways, uh, do you have anything to say before we hop off? I just wanted to say thank you so much. This was such a great experience. And honestly, when you just show up, like us, we just show up. And that's when the magic happens. That's when the universe is like, okay, ding, 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 divine algorithm. We'll Absolutely. see what comes from this, you know? I'm telling you, Starseed needs uh, their own podcast. Get these things rolling. Yes, I would love to do that. Time. Well, thank you so much for being here, you guys. If you haven't liked and subscribed to the show yet, make sure you do so. Make sure you guys go follow Jasmine. Give her a shout out. And I will see you guys in the next episode. I love you guys. Bye.